Hello, John Howe. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. So we had last week off, and uh, you were off to do wonderful things, and now we're back, and now we're in the throes of the Sixth Nation. Throes is right. Last week, we had a, a series of games, mm-hmm. and this week so far, we've had two, with one more tomorrow. And uh, if you recall, we had a prediction at the beginning of this. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. And... Um, I think we all agreed about uh, Ireland and France being in the top two, and whoever won that match was going to basically, you know, run the league, as it were, run the table. Um, So we had that match, and Ireland won. And then uh, we have, after that, France number two, England number three, Scotland, Wales, and Italy. Are we still happy with that prediction? Do you think anything distant? Uh, so far, all the games have not uh, disproven that prediction. I think that prediction is about spot on. Ireland could very easily win a grand slam. Which is what they have ahead of them in store. Okay. Um, so my question to you then is, based on what you saw today, obviously I'm not going to talk about... Uh, Ireland and France, but I want to talk about England and Scotland. Based on what you've seen today, when England basically squeaked by Wales and Scotland almost, and of course that's what happens to them all the time, almost beat France but didn't, what do you think is going to happen between Scotland and England? I think Scotland will beat England. Mm. Well, that would be what I'd love, but tell me a little bit more about why. Well, uh, look, England's played Italy and uh, today Wales. Hmm? Italy is improving. Wales is absolutely awful. They've hung into the games. I don't know how, but uh, today they somehow managed to lose to England, which is so mediocre. Uh, they have no pizzazz, they don't have any form, but they've managed to beat England and today Wales. So my prediction stands, it's going to be Ireland to win the Grand Slam, followed by France, followed by Scotland, and then the last three couldn't. Okay, so the prediction we had was that England was going to be ahead of Scotland, but you feel that Scotland can beat England based on what you've seen. Scotland will beat England, I think France will beat England. Well, all right. Of course, I'd love that, but I'm not so sure. I think England somehow manages to, despite playing poorly, beat teams, although they haven't beaten anyone that you would consider quality side. Well, I think the face reality, and my good friend, I'm sorry to say England are really just a bad team. They have a bad coach, and they are a bad side completely disorganized and absolutely astoundingly lucky. It's fortunate they played two of the weakest teams in the Six Nations right off the bat. All right, John Howe. Our next story has to do with my favorite, Razzie. Mm -hmm. And uh, he 
has somehow taken a different role. And Dwayne Vermeulen is appointed to a high-profile South Africa rugby position as Razzie changes roles. A, do you know about this? I thought he had... He went from director of rugby when Jacques Nienaber was the coach. Now Nienaber has gone to Munster or Leinster and Razi Erasmus has decided to be the coach again. And he's selected Dwayne Vermeulen as an assistant coach. That's what I understand. So he's just going to be an assistant coach, but it's some, it doesn't seem to me like, oh, he changed roles. He could still be the head coach and have an assistant coach. Why is it that Planet Rugby's headline is Dwayne Vermeulen appointed to high-profile South Africa rugby position as Razzie changes role? I had no idea. Okay. But Dwayne Vermeulen doesn't have any uh, experience as a coach. Okay. So I doubt very seriously whether he would be appointed any kind of high position, be on the coaching staff. You never can tell with Erasmus, though. He could, again, appoint himself director of rugby and bring someone else in as, as coach. But I think that he'll be the coach until he seems, you know, seems to believe that someone else can take his position. Okay. So now let me tell you this, the, uh, the, the onus of the story. Okay. So what this means is that the director of rugby role has become redundant as Erasmus will from now on only report to South Africa's chief executive, Ryan Oberholzer. Reputable African newspaper reports that Vermeulen will be appointed in an important full-time position at South Africa, which will see his knowledge used in the position with responsibilities beyond a defense coach. His job description will be confirmed when South Africa Rugby announces the appointment of Jerry Flannery as South Africa's new defense coach and Tony Brown as attack coach. So this gentleman is not going to be a defense coach. They have a defense coach and they have an attack coach. Razzie is not going to be the director of rugby, yet this gentleman is going to be in there somehow in the middle of all of this. Just thought I'd bring that to your attention and let you know that uh, I always am interested because I think the guy's a wanker. Well, I couldn't tell you any more than what you've said. Okay. I mean, you know, Jerry Flannery is now, he's on the Harlequin staff and Tony Brown is coming from someplace in the, you know, Asia. So. Is Tony Brown South African? New Zealand. I thought so. Interesting. Alrighty, John Howe. Our next story is uh, equally beautiful. And it involves a lovely gesture by a rugby player, Joe McCarthy. Are you aware of what Joe did? Um, he gave his uh, medal to his younger brother. Which typically, probably a lot of people do. I think so, yeah. Uh, but he happened to do it in front of everybody, much to, you know, the, uh, the, the, the happiness of the whole of Ireland. I think his um, brother's handicapped, too. 
I think so, yeah. There's a picture of him, and he looks as though he... he might have Down syndrome or something. Something like that, yeah. So uh, this reminds me of the great Sonny Bill. Okay. Do you remember when some kid ran onto the field, and they screamed and yelled at him and tried to get him away from him, and he pushed everyone aside? Not only did he hold the kid in, in light, if you will, he also gave him his rugby medal that he just won at that game. You recall this incident? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was, to me, a lovely gesture. Okay. You know? And uh, so this reminds me a little bit of just that these guys are, are, are not the complete idiots that I imagined them to be and that they have some passion and compassion. I hear you on that. Um, I wasn't really overwhelmed by Sonny Bill's effort. It was nice, but... Joe McCarthy's effort, Joe McCarthy, by the way, born in America, um, his younger brother, seems like the age difference, but you cannot really tell because Joe McCarthy's probably only 20, 21 years old himself. So his younger brother might only be 14. But yeah, I think it's a grand gesture. I mean, oftentimes you, you, um, you see that kind of family uh, devotion in rugby because... Sometimes players don't have younger brothers who play. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 I just like that. It was nice. This is the human component that I think, you know, is lovely. And Let me add this to that. I don't like Joe McCarthy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so where was he born? America. And, but he's of Irish ancestry. I, I would su- suppose so, because it's funny about Ireland. They have um, two guys who are American-born. The other guy is the prop Jer- Jeremy Loffman. So you've got Joe McCarthy and Jeremy Loffman are both American-born, hmm. as is uh, Sam Underwood of the England side. Hmm. So uh, well, let's come back to this, mm-hmm. hopefully, and... With, with my last story. But uh, I always thought that, uh, you know, in St. Patrick's Day, everybody is Irish. So, so basically the whole world could play for Ireland on that day. That may come into effect with world rugby if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the changes that they're making. If you celebrate St. Patrick's Day, you qualify to play for Ireland. <laughs> or if you've taken a shot of whiskey, exactly. you qualify to play for Scotland. Totally. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the beauty of that. Now, John Howe, I'm going to reminisce a wee bit okay. and tell you that in the old days, when I was in school, we used to have a game, one fixture against the old boys, a rugby, which we all looked forward to. It was fantastic. All the old ones would come back. David Soul. Well, back then when I was playing, David Soul was just a wee boy. But, you know, David Leslie came back uh, and would play against uh, the first 15, and we all loved to watch it, and then later on we all loved to play in it. Then they decided that uh, it was going to be a hazard or a, a danger, and no insurance would cover any injuries, because these this were now men playing against boys, and it's a game of rugby, it's, it's contact sport, etc., so they banned it. Mm. No more um, 
OG rugby match, although they still have OG cricket and OG golf and OG everything. And OG rugby in, in Washington, D.C. Oh, oh, glory. oh, glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't have that anymore. Okay. Now, the story that I want to focus on, however, has to do with the same kind of thing happening in Wales, where the Wales senior side and their under-20s played against each other in a live session. Are you aware of this? Uh, I may have read it. Okay. Warren Gatlin's men get started on Saturday at 4.45, and they will be playing against their under-20s um, as a warm-up. Speaking with the Welsh Rugby Union media, the under-20s head coach, Whiffen explained, we had an opportunity, we had an opposed training session with the seniors today. It was a great opportunity for our lads to see what the top end of international level is. <laughs> Not so sure that, that Wales brings the top end level of international play, except in Wales. Um, so they can train at the pace that they do with these guys and, you know. So I like that. I think it's really cool, but I feel that it's a if it's if it's just considered a practice, which I think this is, it's all good. It's just practicing. But if you actually play, the seniors have nothing to lose and everything to I mean nothing to gain and everything to lose, and the juniors have everything to gain if they if the score is um, you know. If the if the if the under twenties by chance win, doesn't look so good for the seniors, does it? I mean, it doesn't. Nothing. It doesn't really make sense at all. The captain of the Wales Welsh national rugby team is only twenty one years old himself. So he just came out of the under twenties, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, and there's probably got two or three other guys who are yeah twenty year olds on the team. Uh, I don't get it at all. Um, yeah, again, I think it's a fun thing. Okay, some scrums against the big boys, some, you know, opposed play, which I think what this was. But it reminds me of the old days when um, we would uh, play against, you know. And by the way, the OGs would win pretty much every time. Yeah. It wasn't a case that I don't recall ever call uh, the... Call, uh, the high, our high school beating the old boys. Never when I played, although when I played in the OGs twice, mm -hmm. we won. So I've got that going for me. All right, John Howe. Beautiful. Let's uh, continue with Wales, shall we? And Why? <laughs> because the stories are all coming out of Wales. Okay. Uh, and this one has to do with a gentleman that we spoke about earlier who has chosen to play for England instead of Wales. Feyen Waboso. Yeah. So he has made this decision and so on. So that's not the issue. The issue is the reaction of our friend Jenks that we just saw this afternoon. And Warren Gatlin. Well, but I don't know about Warren. I don't think Warren was as... Um, well, somebody said... Bugger off. Yeah. And the other it. guy said, piss off. Yeah, okay. Well, so, the bugger off, I didn't see the piss off component, but the bugger off was definitely by Jenks. And he says, you know, he understands that people have to look out for themselves, but 
This is a kid who was born in Cardiff and he played in Cardiff and he doesn't want to play for uh, Wales. It just blows his mind. Just blows Jenks' mind. Well, I think that, you know, this is a personal choice. I don't think he's the first guy to, to, to make that kind of a decision. I think that there are a lot of um, Scotland players who are, have an England basis and they decide to play for Scotland because they probably can't make the England team. So, under the umbrella of this craziness of professional play, you're right, there was a time when it was very special to play for Wales and be proud to be Welsh. But not anymore, I don't believe. It's now, where can I go? Can I play for the best side in England, in, in UK, it's probably England, and make the most money? So I don't think that the the feeling of, oh my God, I'm going to put on the Welsh jersey and all this stuff means anything to any of these guys, as is the case with this gentleman. Well, two two points. The first is I agree with you. And the secondly, Feo Wabasso is not very good. He's not going to play for England. He may be on their squad, but he's not going to play. Yeah, well, I mean, after all, he is Welsh in today's game. But it just still, I, I, I think that they just ruined this thing by having people go for money and have mercenaries that come from, you know, Southern Hemisphere and play for the, the kilted Kiwis and the Bok Jocks and the, you know, Bandiakis of the world. I don't know. I know Bandiaki is sort of the exception because... He looks me, Irish, even though he's uh, almost black. No, he acts Irish. Uh, <laughs> but, he, you know, I don't. what I don't like about it are guys like, um, oh, I can't remember, it's been Stodden, I think is one of the guys, the South African guys who play in Ireland, and this could be true in England as well, and then as soon as they are finished with a professional career, they go back to their home country and live. Sure. I mean, a guy like Bundy Aki, I'm not sure his wife may be, a Kiwi too, but he seems like he's really well assimilated into the Irish community and well loved. Um, was uh, when uh, England won the World Cup and Martin Johnson was playing. Was he a professional at that moment? Do you recall? No. Good. So he, Martin Johnson, was an under eighteen. What? He's not a New Zealand guy. Exactly. But he was English. He just wanted to go pursue exactly. rugby by playing yeah. in New Zealand. So then he comes back. Probably Somehow because he, he... Because he couldn't make the All Blacks, probably. But even if he could make the All Blacks, it, it wouldn't matter. He, wanted, he would want to come back and because he was English. And I think that's what happened back then. Even if you went somewhere and you lived somewhere to play a game... You, you came back and you represented your own country. Well, yeah, but that, that was 100 years ago. That was the medieval ages. Right. You know, well, it's a lot different now. Sadly. I mean, they did a... You, I'm surprised you haven't uh, looked at it. They, they did a stat with the number of foreign players on each of the Six Nations teams. Of course, Scotland. But, but, you know, the best one? I mean, yeah. <laughs> they had the most. The most diversity? Yeah. Bravo by them. Yeah. Did they have any trans players? Uh, that's next. next. I mean, of course, 
you know, France, they, they even have a couple. Sure. Yeah. That guy today who stood in front of us with the long hair being interviewed. Tuolagi, yeah. He, Tuolagi. There's a lot of Tuolagis out there, isn't there? <laughs> They've got a lot of Tuolagis. <laughs> and actually, the funny thing about sometimes if you go and watch the film clip, they, uh, they have a, in Samoa, they have, I can't remember, Fafaina is where if a family has six or seven boys like the Tuolagis, they raise one as a woman. And one of his brothers is actually, I guess it would be considered transgender. And they did an um, interview on television with four of the brothers, and they were talking about his brother. Her name is Jolie or something like that. And Manu Tuolagi said, oh, I'm glad it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how they chose which one. Do they I like... don't know how they do that. Yeah. This is that's all... why he said, I'm glad it wasn't, it wasn't me. me. All right. Well, thank you for that extra bit of knowledge that I believe a lot of I our... I can't one... find that film clip again. <laughs> I was looking for it. <laughs> a lot of our one, one, one listener will will find interesting. So the last one isn't really much of a story until I can get more information on it mm. and subsequently present it at our next session. However, my good friend, your good friend, Marty Klingelhofer, who is the uh, coach, one of the coaches of the Landon School for Multi-Talented Boys rugby team, mm. said that there is a young man on their coaching staff mm. who is about 40 years old now, but he played rugby in high school a long time ago with Sosa. And then he went to France or he went to another part of the world and he became quite a, he, he played rugby at a very high level. I don't think he represented any uh, nations, but I think he played in, in, in top level. I'm going to say France. I think he went to France and I think he played for a top club. I remember this guy. He's a Basque guy. He has a Basque name. Uh, yeah, I remember the guy. I can't remember his name. And I think he played a couple of times for the United States. Oh. Well, anyway, he, there. Yeah. He, he is now one Iliaku of... or something like that. I think he was born in Mexico, I believe. Really? Yeah, I mean, he has a Basque surname. Huh. So I think he went up and played with you know, Bayonne or Biarritz, someplace like that in the Basque country. Iniaki was his name. Yeah. But I remember the guy. So, I don't know how good he was, but I remember the, wow. the situation. That's fantastic. Played. So anyway, he now is one of the coaches oh, at the Landon School. So you and I should take a walk at some point in the, in, the, in the lovely spring weather and watch one of their practices and maybe say hello to him. Sounds good. And you, of course, can bring all this information that you always beautifully do that has to do with his um, heritage. All right, John, that was my last uh, story for us to discuss. Uh, we've got one more game tomorrow. England will play uh, Italy. Mm. Excuse me. Ireland will play Italy in Ireland? Yes. Not in Italy, in Ireland. No. Oh, my goodness. The Italians might as well wear their brown shorts. I just don't. Well, Ireland's made a lot of changes, but... I just feel very, very sorry for for Italy because they may renew their wooden club, their wooden spoon so, championship. Wait, they uh, so Ireland isn't playing their top team? Well, that's their their top team, but they've made a lot of substitutes from last week against the French. 
which which we assume makes well, the, the team time. not as strong as one would imagine. In other words, it's not the strongest team that could go out there. No, I mean, I think you're right. It's not the strongest side. Hmm. Well. But it's still very strong. But, but they are Irish, and they could screw up by thinking that, you know, they put on a... Is that wee guy playing, the wee winger? Is he back? Or no, fullback? No, he's, he's still injured? The other guy, the, the scrum half is only five foot five. He's playing. Italian Sorry. scrum half is five no, foot no. five? The Irish scrum half is five. Oh, that wee guy. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's playing. He's starting. That's incredible. Which, of course, makes perfect sense. Well, Who, because they're resting Jameson Park, yeah. you know. It, yeah. Or Jameson Gibson, I think it was his name. Jefferson Gibson Park. Yeah, is that his name? South. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Well, Capuozo, I think, is still injured. He that's the guy with that. He might be back. The, the little French winger who plays for him. Yeah. He he has he has a little flair. He has a little French flair and Italian style. Mm, yeah, <laughs> he's out there somewhere. <laughs> Um, anyway, so great, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow, and then we'll have some chats yeah. at the same time next week. Sounds good to me. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Sayonara. <laughs>